0: Hello and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news,
1: Netflix has canceled the popular series Shadow and Bone after two seasons. The series is based on Lee Bardugo's best selling Grishaverse series of books. But while praised by critics and fans alike, and also with this year's second season ending on a huge cliffhanger, the studio has elected to discontinue filming. Bardugo acknowledged on Instagram that, quote, most authors never get to see their work adopted, and many who do end up regretting the experience. Whereas she is one of the lucky few who can look at an adaptation with pride and tremendous joy. So, I mean, that's cool that, uh, um, Bardugo is very grateful for the experience, but also like uh, people seem very very upset that. Uh, shadow and bone got canceled i still haven't watched it i know that you have though yeah i watched it i liked it quite a bit i thought it was not nearly as good as the books of course i feel like there's like a certain meme at this point of netflix canceling really good shows yeah, why did they do that they canceled 1899 oh, after yeah. one season people love that and people really loved that and then they also can- they canceled i mean this was just near and dear to my heart but they canceled the dark crystal age of resistance i loved it but okay so here's the thing I'm not defending Netflix at all. Like, they're shady. They charge too much for everything. Um, But, like, when I heard that they canceled The Dark Crystal, I was kind of like, well, oh, yeah, I mean, like, that show was probably a giant undertaking. Didn't they
0: have, like, a really high puppet budget?
1: It's a really beautiful show with practical effects. Like, yeah, it's probably cost a yeah. lot of money. It, I get it. And then, like, Shadow and Bone, I haven't watched it. I've seen trailers, but it's a pretty high budget. Like, it looks, like, amazing, doesn't it? It looks really good. Pretty big name actors and stuff. And, or big name now, I guess I should say. I mean, like, they, they weren't, you know, no names. Well, I'm wondering if like, this is just my speculation, but like the writer's strike just ended. It was just resolved. Like the writers and actors strike and everything that was going on for some time. And I wonder if like, I don't know, like the suits at Netflix were just like, all right, let's kind of reassess like what we can afford now that we got to actually pay people. And you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if it was just some kind of like sketchy, like, all right, well, this show, yeah, people like it, but it's just going to cost us way too much money and we're not going to do it anymore. Do you know what the writers won? Like, what sort of deal they worked out? No, I haven't done, like, a ton of research into it. I know that there was a, quite a bit of resolution happening there, though. It's so like, I don't really pay a ton of attention to, like, film and television stuff that much, at least, like, that business side yeah, of it. Same. same. Like from some of the creators that I follow uh, and some of like the influencers and stuff that I follow on Instagram and TikTok, like, people seemed pretty happy with what happened. Um, I mean, they were on strike for a really long time, and I'm sure it was really hurting a lot of um the business end of things but yeah yeah. i mean so many have
0: a feeling that yeah (laughs) so many so many shows were stopped and i'm sure there's like like a like rental if you're like renting the warehouse that you build your set in then it's like well you're still renting it people people are money losing money by the day i'm sure when they couldn't keep filming you know so i'm sure it cost them a lot of money but like you know sorry when you're uh under paying people sometimes you should be paid. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it sucks to suck man it sucks yeah, think, to suck it was pretty clear cut i mean like these just,
1: like we don't have to get super into it but like these giant corporations are just like we can't we i'm sorry we just can't afford to pay like a living it's just like yes you can right. like absolutely of course you can and i think maybe a big part of it was like the idea of using artificial intelligence to not only write stuff, but to like use actors like images and it's starting to get like really, really messy. So I think that, you know, the um, the WGA and um, SAG-AFTRA and stuff were kind of like trying to get ahead of that, which makes a ton of sense because these are people that are working jobs, you right. know, and like they don't want their jobs to be taken away. So with all that said, I mean, it, it kind of also makes a, makes sense on paper for these studios to kind of like reassess and be like, all right. Well, this was popular, but it also cost us so much to make that it, I don't know if we're gonna. It wasn't like the most. It wasn't Stranger Things, you know what right. I mean? Like, but I don't really know how that works either. I don't. I don't know because like I. Don't, I wonder if like ratings work differently with streaming platforms because it's like there's no You're not paying well, I for guess there's that show. <laughs> I was gonna say there's no ads, but like there's totally ads now. So, uh, but I think well, that no, like, they're looking at like retention nothing. and like no, that's true. Um, but I wonder if they're looking at, like, retention, like, what's, what's sh- like, if, is there, like, a direct cor- correlation between, like, what's being watched the most and, like, how we're getting people to stay paying for this platform, you know what I mean? that would be hard to
0: quantify, you know, because, like, very few people, I'm sure, are like, I'm paying for Netflix for this one show specifically. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but, like, you know, you're paying for Netflix because you want the yeah. whole experience of the thing, not just that one show. And so, yeah, I would really be interested in how do they... How do they quantify the value of a show like i wonder if it's like a market share thing so they take all of their watchers yeah. and like ascribe okay this show is equates eight percent of our watch you know if they assign values like that or i'd be very curious to see how that's done on the back end
1: yeah it's really cool to see lee bardugo come out and say you know this was really awesome that this even happened i'm really grateful for it you could tell in that post uh, i follow lee bardugo and you could you could tell in that post that she was definitely very bummed out about it obviously anybody would be right on the other side of it yeah I think the point that she was trying to make was these kinds of shows get made frequently and even when they do get made it's it can be kind of a crapshoot sometimes and doesn't really even represent what we were going for Uh, or it just kind of sits in weird media purgatory forever and never gets made. I think I was just talking with um, Adam Caesar about this too, and I talked with Fonda Lee about this a little bit too, where it was just like, it's it's awesome when something even gets optioned, and then for it to get through all the red tape that is the film and television industry and get onto a screen, like, and get in production and stuff, like, that's huge. Requires so many successes in a row. I don't know, maybe they'll do like a, a Six of Crows spinoff for still haven't read uh the other uh Lee ardugo stuff that was kind of more
0: recent like the wolves or the scars oh, or King yeah, of scars oh yeah or... yeah Dude, i would love i think a movie like six of crows and um uh what's the second one called crooked kingdom crooked kingdom thank you i think they would be a pretty good like feature feature length film what do you think about that Don't they like bring cats and stuff like in and in, like they, in the weirdest way yeah well i mean oh, man. it's weird to me because it's like they're i felt like they were taking the best some of the best parts of both of the books and then mashing them into one show when each book series in my opinion had more than enough exciting things happen to like be on its own and so it was weird Mm -hmm. that they kind of like tried to show all of the cool stuff when it's like nah, i would rather have them like really get deep with just the Characters that are like in that one book and stop trying to mix all the books, you know, it was kind of weird
1: Well, it's a bummer that season three isn't getting made, but I'll definitely. Yeah, it is.
0: I, need, I need to watch the first two at
1: least just because I've heard they're really really cool But then maybe it I shouldn't because it's a it's a pre it's a it's a cliffhanger whatever uh yeah Yeah, so for anybody that loves those sorry sorry that that kind of messed up your week everybody because i know that like a lot of people i follow on social media were pretty upset about it because i think that with a cliffhanger in the second season and then just to have it canceled like that like that's that's pretty brutal i'll
0: say one thing about that show the best thing that they did in that show in my opinion was the casting like i i agree with almost all of their casting decisions like the the actors that they got were just like because normally you're like oh man they got that guy to play that person it's just like you don't really think that it matches very well mentally. But almost universally across the board, well, I was, I was like, wow, that, yep, that's a Caz. That's a this, you know, like they just did a really nice. good job.
1: In some other news, uh, this is a little blip of news that was really interesting to me, but it looks like there's going to be a new Mass Effect game. Uh, Mass Effect 5 coming out here pretty soon. I think it's around the same time that Mass Effect Andromeda was set in. I haven't played Mass Effect Andromeda. I really like the Mass Effect games a lot. I'm a huge fan of them and um, there is like a uh, like a teaser trailer. I don't even know if it's like worth really linking in the description because it's like 25 seconds and it's just somebody like standing there and like flashing the N7 sign. Uh, But I am really excited about it because... Um, so like, I don't know if, if anybody listening has, has never played mass effect. Um, it is a space opera type game. It's very, uh, you know, narrative focused. It's, it's a very, very good series of games, especially the first two, uh, the third one, put uh, people are on the fence about it. I think it's still pretty solid. Uh, but the first two are very, very, very good. Then Andromeda came out a few years ago, and people were less than enthusiastic about it. Uh, I think it was just like kind of a flop. EA, I'm pretty sure, was involved. But like BioWare, the main company that was making these games, was kind of like this legendary like narrative focused game company for like a while. They did Jade Empire, Knights of the Old Republic, stuff like that. Like they handled Star Wars really well, you know, like not a lot of companies can say that, especially EA. But anyway, this game takes place around the same time as Andromeda, I'm pretty sure. But me personally, I always kind of like really hold out hope for these franchises that maybe kind of uh, dipped in quality for a second, but then let's see what else they're going to do, you know what I mean? So like uh, sometimes that hope gets a little shattered, uh, but I think it's like worth being excited about. and maybe developing a bit of a thick skin around the disappointment that
0: can come with like franchises like not learning from their mistakes. The optimistically hopeful is better than being like resentfully like sad about the past you know like no that's good. I don't know at the end
1: of the day it's a video game man like there's so many right. video games and like I, I like I have more fun being more optimistic about stuff but I also uh, as a fan of these kinds of things too I can also be honest and be like well Bioware also put out Anthem and that was kind of crappy and like you know We'll see. Like, we'll see what's right. going on. But all that to say, like, I am pretty excited at the uh, the idea of a new and really cool Mass Effect game. Because, man, those games are just... I've never played a Mass Effect game before. To, to put it in perspective, like, uh, Mass Effect, the first Mass Effect came out in, like, 2007, I believe, or 2008... And Starfield just came out. Fifteen years later, they're basically the same game. Like, okay. <laughs> if anything, I feel like Mass Effect did it better. Did than a better Starfield job. Did. <laughs> yeah, and it's so it's just womp like womp. they were very ahead of their time, and they're very very good. Uh, so yeah, any big Mass Effect fans out there, you'll be delighted to hear that uh, th- that's in the works. And also, I think Bioware is working on the next uh, Dragon Age game. But I think well, it's I heard called, really like, good
0: things about those.
1: I haven't, I haven't really played them very much. Yeah, um, my brother was really into them. It's like a certain. A uh, gameplay loop that I think people get pretty invested in, um, hmm. but I just, I just, it wasn't super for me.
0: Is Mass Effect an open world sort of game? Like when I when I hear kind Mass of... Effect, I think like Fallout in my brain, but I don't really know. I've never played a Mass Effect game.
1: I, it's not really. I mean, it's like open world in this. I mean, it's an open uh, galaxy, uh, but okay. like. It's not like super it's not like skyrim where they just kind of like okay. plop you down they're like go to town like do whatever the hell you want like there go is wherever, like, right. you know, it, it's not necessarily on rails like there there are parts of the game where you kind of are left to your own devices you can and it definitely gives you like some choices i like i said i said before you know for coming out in like 2007 the kind of, like, breadth of, of like, freedom that you have to kind of, like, uh, pursue things. And I think most of what it is, is, like, you're making choices, you know, it's a double entendre, it's, like, mass effect, you know, so there's, like, the mass effect, like, the idea that, like, your choices really matter, you know, but, like, there are points in the game where they're, like, what do you want to do? Like, you could do this, or you can do this, you know, and it'll give you kind of, like, uh rippling effect of like different outcomes for later in the game too and so that was like a big reason why people liked it so much it was like a choose your own adventure uh but also the story is really really good and i was really surprised when we were reading the expanse (laughs) the first couple expanse books i was like huh this is kind of similar to the to mass effect you guys like this is really similar Mm -hmm. to mass effect like this is this is wild, actually, really? how similar this is to Mass Effect.
0: Which one came out first? Mass Effect, yeah. Mass Effect, oh, yeah. I
1: think Mass Effect came out in 2007, and I believe Leviathan oh, Wakes came out in 2012. So oh, there's shucks. a lot of time for you guys to play Mass Effect, James S.A. Corey, <laughs> uh, but also it deviates too. But uh, that's enough of the news. Uh, let's see. Uh, what would you do this week, Chad?
0: Man. All right. As we talked about last week, just trying to moving into this next year. And I know that like we're going to immediately be hypocritical with what we're saying right now. But uh, we are going to try to read less books simultaneously, at least have on our schedule for this next year. Less books simultaneously as I think we're reeling we... it back. Yeah, we did ourselves a disservice Sorry. slightly. I think we did it pretty good, but like I think that we could do yeah. better by just doing one at a time. So in that effort, uh, I did start a new book too, actually. But like you know, oh my god, <laughs> Dark Age. Uh, that's book five of the Red Rising series. I'm like ten pages from being done with, and oh, wow. uh, I like it quite a bit. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's not the <laughs> it's first. So three. long, man.
1: It's, it's so long. long. It's so long. Like it's but I'm just very so close long to and done. brutal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and there's like. I don't know, in the first three books, and of course, wait, will you have it done this week, you think?
1: Yeah, I will. Yeah, I've, cool. I've got like 200 pages left or something like that. I'm in the middle. Okay, of it. cool. Um, I'm glad that I passed you. That was nice. Because like, like last pockets, week, I was like, I'm so started. I know. There's like pockets where there's like, where it's just like, oh, wait, what the hell is going on? There's some drag pockets. Yeah. But then there's like, oh, man, the peaks are peaks. Like, the, geez.
0: Yeah. Well, look, stay tuned for that episode, everybody. But there's like the first three, there's a feeling of. Freshness and excitement and this like new thing they're doing and I feel like this book is like sadder Because it's even really, when yeah, like like, yeah. like Even when the grizzly pe- people were dying everywhere these huge battles There was still this like but we're fighting for change and now it's like it's just sadder for some reason I don't know why but like it just feels deeper and darker and sadder
1: Yeah, it just feels like they're that much closer to everything just being completely ruined and like but yeah I've heard Lightbringer Is like this, like a really like uh, triumphant book, if that makes sense. Like in tone, not necessarily in like the plot, but like just.
0: I I hope it's triumphant because it should end triumphantly.
1: We uh, we have one more book for Red Rising. We'll see how Red God is when it comes out, and when when Red God comes out in a couple years, uh, we'll just read that. We won't. We're not going to (laughs) read. We're not going to read
0: all the Red Rising. Not doing all three. I might really read the first three again. Those are some damn good. Like I. I enjoy this. If if you're listening to this and you're like, I've never read Red Rising before, you know, you you're trying to bite off some uh, sci-fi goodness. I couldn't recommend them more. Those first three books, especially, are so yeah. exciting, so fun. Like there were times I literally jumped up and yelled, I cried, I laughed. It was they're amazing. They're very very good books.
1: Yeah, and then the the next ones, like it makes sense that they're written, but like, well said. I don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah, see yeah. when Red we'll see when red god comes out like at this point i i think you could probably you can kind of get away with like just reading the first three
0: just read the first like, three yeah yeah Like <laughs> and then
1: and then see what you want to do you know and like kind of reassess and like if you if you just want to stay in this world and you want to like just keep the darrow train going uh yeah like keep going obviously but does it feel like they're milking it a little sure i don't know like i think it's the story pierce brown wanted to write uh and i respect it um i think that that's it, just two different kinds i mean like, he's just a different writer now like he just wants yeah. to say wants to tell a story differently than he did when he first wrote yeah that's a good way of putting it's it. it's just like a different uh feel feel that's to good it. good point Yeah, because
0: yeah, remember like the feeling that you had when we were all like the planes in book one right all fighting oh, each yeah. other and just oh oh, yeah. oh that stuff think, is good i yeah, almost Golden like hesitated when i was gonna favorite. call it a sci-fi because it's like it's not, it's like a fantasy novel almost, you know? I won't say it's why, both. but you should read it if you haven't because it's amazing. Um, okay. I also am a chunk of the way through Wrath, almost done. In fact, I would say maybe that's just me being hopeful. I got a little chunk left.
1: Yeah. I'm about, I'm probably about where you are. Yeah. 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 We did a lot of reading this week and we haven't really finished a bunch. <laughs> I know. Stuff. I know. Like these books are huge, though. It's like 1,500 pages worth of books that we're trying to get done for this podcast. So. Yeah, we're almost there, everybody.
0: Yeah, and then what's the next What's the next thing we're reading immediately after? I forget.
1: Skolamance. Skolomance, that's right. Oh, and I have a little bit of an announcement for everybody with regard to Skolomance. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Chad and I are bringing on uh, my friend, Chad's friend, Zoran, who is a longtime listener. Uh, she has an amazing platform on TikTok. She's got a great Instagram page. Uh, Zoran is a fellow book talker and very good friend of mine. And she is coming on because she has never read Skolomance by Naomi Novik. Me and Chad haven't read it, so we're all going into it blind together. We're gonna do three episodes with Zaran. I'm so excited because she's is, she is just so much fun. She's such an awesome person. She's hilarious. Uh, I think it's gonna bring like a lot of cool energy to the. I love the, the show. freshness
0: so, that uh, your partner Effie brought in, and so I think that's cool yeah. that we're doing that again. That's real fun. Yeah, I I want to start
1: bringing like I, I mean next year, obviously like me and Chad are doing Malazan. That'll just be the two of us. I I don't. Think anybody else's schedule will. <laughs> no, dude, we're, we're not going to be able can... to convince just, anybody to join us. It's just going to be that. the two of us. Yeah. Balazan is a me and Chad thing. We no. might bring oh. somebody else on for Throne of Glass. We're, we're talking about it. Yeah. I'm trying to convince a friend. It's definitely a pretty big commitment. I like the idea of like if we do a trilogy or something, like bringing a guest on and then doing that trilogy with a guest. She would be uh, great uh, yeah. at it too, though. Yeah, she loves I, the I,
0: books or she loves Sarah J. Moss and she's a great talker. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, um, I'm cool with having, it's mostly just like with these really long series, like having somebody that, you know, because like wrangling three to three people together is, uh, you know, it's hard enough to just get me and Chad to be on time. Get me to be on time. Evan does pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and like getting Effie in here was easy because she lives with me. So you know, And even with her though. Time. Well, yeah, we but, yeah she had three school three and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, I think... With you know, Throne of Glass and Malazan, that's going to take us a while next year. Uh, but I think we might get through Throne of Glass pretty quickly. I think so
0: like too. Those, I think those are some pretty nom nom nommables Will you all lovely listeners be sick of hearing about it by the time we're done? Maybe, but you know, we're still going to chew on through. I think that'd be pretty good. You might get sick of Malazan. I don't know. I don't think I'll get sick of Malz on, So I hope, and no one listening will either. You know, it's funny
1: because you mentioned that we weren't going to be reading stuff simultaneously, and while that's true. We're just going to kind of be reading Malazan like all year next year. I think like it's just going to all year. well, like so um, there's a podcast that uh, I I really kind of modeled a lot of our recap structure off of uh, 10 Very Big Books, which is a podcast. Uh, if anybody from that uh, podcast is listening right now, which we know you are. You run an excellent podcast and I totally stole all of your ideas for this one. But 10 Very Big Books is a exclusively um, Malazan podcast. I think they're almost wrapped up, but it's taken them like years to do it. Wow. Uh, there's three of them. Uh, I think their chemistry is really good, but I think what Chad and I are going to do for Malazin, Is we're definitely, we're not doing one episode per book because it's, it'd be, they're like thousand page books is impossible. Like it's not going to happen. There's too many things happening in there. And not only are they thousand page books, but they're dense content. They're very complicated. So I think what Chad and I are going to do with Malazan, which we've talked about is try to stay on as strict of a schedule as possible with reading the books, but also go into it knowing that it's, you know, we want to make quality content for these episodes. We want to make sure that people that are reading Malazan can actually use this podcast as a resource so that, because it is it is a lot, like there's so much going on with these books. and um, a lot, and man. I, and uh, there's a lot of conversations to be had, but it's just going to take a while because there's 10 books, they're very long. Um, but so to Chad's point earlier about us maybe, not doing stuff simultaneously we are going to be st- <laughs> doing stuff simultaneously that's why i said but, that it's going to be hy-
0: hypocritical like immediately right, but like but
1: like malazan is like this just it's just like this whole other like monster like so right. we don't want to do because because it's going to take so long we didn't want to our recaps to only be malazan recaps that's why throne of glass um we picked that because we'll probably go through it, you know it's a lot more like plot focused and like uh faster paced you know right so we'll go through those and then we'll kind of reassess once we're done with throne of glass and say okay we're right here with malazan like maybe it's time for us to read the bone ships or maybe it's time for us to read uh something old like a like an old like maybe we'll read all the dragon Riders of pern books or something or like oh that'd be awesome do some like retro stuff or do some brent weeks or some more naomi novick sea hag some old school stuff When we do that, we won't be doing three series, I guess, at the same time. And then once we're finished with Malazan, we will continue on with our kind of like, all right, we're focusing on this series. Yeah, then we'll do one at a time. I think that (laughs) with Malazan, it's like Chad and I have just been in the mood to read those books since we like started the podcast i think i think we've just been really wanting to do those for a long time
0: and if something takes us like eight months to get through we are absolutely going to start other books during those because i just know you and i know me and we're gonna just like one week decide to do it and if we can kind of coordinate that then we can make podcast episodes about it so you know sure after we get done with the malls on then we'll go down to the one book thing but i am trying to apply that sentiment a little bit more in my Personal life, maybe not just like start books so super nilly-nilly, though again, kind of hypocritical when I say that. Cause I did start The Hobbit this week. Whoa. I yeah, mean well,
1: it is tis the season.
0: Tis the know? season. And <laughs> I was watching some like just background stuff about Lord of the Rings, the movie making, and it just like really hyped me on because yeah. i don't think that we're ever going to get a movie like that like so many different variables had to come together to make that happen It was right at the end of like it was like this really cool blend of like practical effects and computer graphics and now it's like i guess cheaper for them to just like computer graphics everything which is really cool and really pretty but you can tell like when yoda is no longer a puppet you know and yeah. there's something lost there's something gained yeah. Like, you can have sweet Yoda lightsaber battles, but, like, there is something lost as well. And, man, you know, and that's probably one of the reasons why the Lord of the Rings movies stand withstand the test of time so well. Because they actually have 2,000 orcs fighting on a field, you know? And they had like, crazy makeup on every one of them, you know? So, I I don't know. I was kind of, like, marking the last of an age. Though it did inspire, like, tons and tons of different movies. I doubt that we'll get every, anything just like that. And so... That hyped me on just like the whole series, and I was like, "I'm gonna reread those again because it's been, I don't know, at least five years since I've read them all." So I started. I with didn't the make Hobbit.
1: it. I didn't make it through my Lord of the Rings uh, reread. If anybody's curious, like, oh, like yeah. you mentioned, I got like halfway through the Two Towers, which is my least favorite in the series, and then I yeah. just kind of like it's a little draggy. Yeah, and I was just like, I could read, I could just skip because I know what happens, and just read Return of the King. But I was already reading like five other things. I got what I needed out of it. I got, right. I got what I needed out of it. And, and you know, just uh, you, maybe you'll read The Hobbit and like a quarter of Fellowship, and be like, all right, I got, I topped off on that, and I like, got what I needed. I but have maybe a feeling that, through that might the whole happen. thing, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. man, Two Towers is like kind of brutal, it. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> like it's really yeah. cool. The end of it is really good. Um, actually, the beginning pretty solid. The end too, is so Shelob, right? It ends with Shelob. Photo being taken into a uh, Kirith on goal, I think. Yeah, yeah. Photos yeah, it's like, it's like taken by the enemy. I think that's a yeah, like so good line or something. Yeah. Spoilers.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Sorry, everybody.
0: Yeah. Ready. That's cool, though. That, that's yeah, awesome, man. Was, I, yeah, I don't know. Tell me about as, it. As a book reader, I feel like 10, I can't let a decade pass without reading Lord of the Rings. You know, it's like, and I really wanted it to. So I was like, screw it. I'm reading it. Uh, yeah, I'm the just. It's great. God, it's so good, man. You can kind of yeah. breathe through it too. Like, there's no parts where it drags. I just got done with the trolls, and I think they're about to be dragged away by the orcs in the cave. In fact, I know uh, so about you're to be at, away by the orcs. like chapter four. Or something. At, well, they
1: go to Rivendell
0: first. Sure, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I got so through that.
1: Like, oh, you got through all that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so they're yeah, up, yeah, the yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they up the mountains and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yep, yep. They climb up mountains and taking refuge in the cave. Uh, but yeah, it's so good, dude. It's just a breeze to read it and i've yeah. read lord of the rings recently well re- by recently i mean within the last seven years but i haven't read the hobbit since it's been a decade probably
1: so oh, wow.
0: i'm stoked i'm real stoked hell yeah yeah so I'm, I'm looking i'm really really enjoying that um i started a new he Who fights with monsters just because like that's not really starting a new thing it's like finishing what i'm doing so like i'm not putting in like i'm reading so many multiple it's like the continuation of the old yeah. and i'm happy to report that i'm back to what i love about those books we've kind of how do i say this without giving things away uh we've we've left the thing that i didn't like about the story that i was kind of like ah come on i don't like this so much um away, behind and we're back to the thing that i really do love so i was uh right to put my faith in old sure oh, yeah. he's just such a good writer man i don't know I don't know how many of those he sold, but he needs to sell them. Well, go buy yourself, <laughs> he who fights with monsters, because they're so good. Go buy all nine of them, or however many there are. There's nine, yeah. You nailed it. Oh jeez. And then that's it. Okay, so I did watch some cool things. Um, I watched this. So I I only watched Interstellar once in the theater when it first came out, and I was like, I'm gonna watch that. So I rewatched it. I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Honestly. Man, you don't even want to get me going on Interstellar. <laughs> really? <laughs>
1: like, oh man, I have so many. Oh, geez. What is your opinion? Do you like it? I'm totally getting you
0: started on it. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't, yeah. I mean, uh, give me, give me like the, give me like the 30 second elevator opinion. I feel like they, the way it was
1: marketed was just, it was like, ah, like, you know from from the makers of the best batman movie like christopher totally, nolan totally. Like, like here we go like he, he the, the, like the the most visually striking director there is like all right how about space exploration how about we need to go like look for other planets because ours is dying you know right. like that's like the plot and everything and then it's like then I went and saw it, and it was just like a list celebrities in a cramped tube of a spaceship crying for like a like. And I know yeah, that that's very then, reductive, but like, like Matt
0: Damon comes out of nowhere. You're just like what? His name is like <laughs> his
1: name is like Hugh Man or
0: something like. Yeah. What was his name? <laughs> it's <I can't>, it, <laughs> something ridiculous
1: like that. <laughs> I don't know if it was Hugh, Hugh Man, <laughs> but like, but like I yeah, that's funny. I I I don't know, man. Like that, I, I think. Um, I need to watch it again. It like kind of disappointed I, me a little. I like. I think thought it's, it was gonna it's be more like fun. A, Dude, it's like a, it's a gorgeous movie. Like it is it's a, a beautiful movie. movie. The music is awesome. Like Hans Zimmer never misses. Yeah. Uh, I think like Matthew McConaughey is like actually like a pretty pretty good like kind of like uh, lead good, for that movie. Like I, I think it's good. Yeah, um, but I think that. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, it just, it just wasn't the movie that I saw it in IMAX and stuff. And like, it's just the I same. walked out of the theater just feeling like, man, like I don't know what that was. Like, yeah, love transcends everything. Yeah, like, that was kind
0: of the point. Was so like, like, love is like a physical thing that can be measured, and it transcends time and space, and also gravity.
1: Yeah, it was weird. It's just, I, I think the for the part that I didn't like too much was like, I mean, I think like Anne Hathaway was like really good, like her her performance was very good, totally. um, but I thought it was just kind of like strange that it was just like, okay, these are this is like our crack team, like these are like the best of the best that like our our, the, our whole planet is depending on this mission, and she's just like, we have to go back for my boyfriend, and it's just like, no astronaut worth their salt would be like. They'd be they'd be like, We're saving the I don't care. Like it right I don't know. It just seemed weird. Like it's just like the Earth is
0: like really relying on us right now, you know? Like like all of humanity yeah. is relying on this mission. And then like similarly, like you'd think they would have like planned it better or something when um McConaughey like finds the base, then discovers like the plan or whatever. They like decide to make him like captain of it like out of nowhere yeah that they're was just like really oh odd. perfect i'm glad you're here this is providence i guess you get to lead it because this is what you trained for like but you didn't think to go ask him like he had to stumble no. into you that's just weird you know so yeah i am um, that kind of it's also me. weird that like he loves his
1: daughter so much but like doesn't really give a shit about his son like, yeah yeah <laughs> i thought that was <laughs> just really, just like you'll like, be fine like, like i don't know i think i'm nitpicking a little bit i think that it really is like a like seriously, it's like one of Christopher Nolan's like most like visually striking movies. Uh, oh, it's easily. beautiful. Like it, and that's saying a lot too, because like he's like all of his movies are really. I don't think there is a Christopher Nolan movie I don't like. I mean, Inception, I guess. Inception was a weird one. Probably my least favorite. Um, but I think I, think I it, it more. Oh, really? I don't know. I, I need think, to watch like it too. I've also never seen it in the theater. I'm just a sucker for space, uh, and I already yeah. don't like dream sequences and stuff. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah straight I think, up. I don't know. I think it was just the way it was
0: marketed to me. Honestly, I just need to watch it again. The ending is kind of whack. It's real whack. And just like, I don't know. Really, you think so? Yeah, dude. It didn't really make sense to me. Like, I (laughs) still don't understand (laughs) who built the, like, weird thing at the end, middle of the black hole that he, like, gets sucked into. Like, I don't really get it. And I even watched, like, a explained video, and I still didn't get it. So, like, that might (laughs) be on me, though. But, like, still, man, it was, I don't know. It's whack. So I enjoyed it, but didn't enjoy it as much as I thought that I was going to. Uh, And then I'll end with um, I watched a Resident Evil Death Island, like Netflix animated computer graphics, like little movie. Super awesome, super fun, super violent zombies just killing, just killing. And uh, it's like it's like what Resident Evil should be. Right, which is like they're stuck on an island somewhere and everybody turns into a zombie and like four or five people have to just fight their way out. And then they meet the like evil guy yeah. who like, like take over the world of the zombies or whatever and then kill him too. And just like, oh, it's so good. That's or do an they? animated animals. one, right? <laughs> yeah, it's computer okay. graphics.
1: Yeah, man. You gotta hand to very Mila Jovovich for being in so many Resident Evil movies uh, before they started animating them. Like, I... Seriously. I think I'd, I'd, I'd kept up. I'd watched like four of them before. I. Oh, really? Constantly... Well, I
0: hadn't watched one in a while. Dude,
1: those live-action ones are pretty awesome. <laughs> like, they're, they're like awesome. I mean, They're like kind of silly, but I mean damn like they're pretty crazy and pretty fun. You know, like if Dude, you... this one's pretty crazy and fun too. Yeah, and it's funny because like the games I feel like are so like atmospheric and like the, the the creepy parts are like kind of in the silence a lot of the time, you know? Oh, totally. And the camera and, angles? Like, yeah, uh, but within the movies it's just like blah! Like it's, it's just like total <laughs>
0: fucking chaos. Like for the, and it's really had fun. This, yeah, it's almost more of an action movie, but it is like a thriller. They have some thriller things. It's not so horror though. Um, There's like this scene where there's this horrific zombie that's like crawling over them. They have to be really still. And I was like... Literally holding my breath, the entire because this thing has oh, like wow. he's he's blind, he's trying to feel it with its like disgusting tongue, and then they're like mm-hmm. right over the face, like this tongue, just like oh, oh it's like gives me shudders just thinking about it. It was a fun hour and a half. Uh, if you're looking to kill some time with like some violent zombiness, I couldn't recommend it more. Oh yeah, uh, and that's it for me. What did tell me about your week? I know that you had some exciting things to happen this week, maybe.
1: So I got some really amazing news. And I I want to share it with you and in I full can't detail. Tell you about it. <laughs> I um I want to share it. I shouldn't have. I'm just gonna say it. I probably shouldn't have made a post on a Friday uh, right before a weekend when I wouldn't be in business mode for a whole couple of days and nobody else would be either. Um, I'm I'm sorry. I was just really really excited and I wanted to say as much as I possibly could because I was just like, ah, I can't keep this in anymore. Um, but I have to keep it in. Uh, Not to our I promise, patreons, right? I, I promise. Uh, I mentioned some stuff to our patreons, but I still there's still some information that I like can't say. Uh, but I I will, I will tell everybody. I promise you. I promise you. I will be telling you in detail everything that's going on very soon. It is very 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 exciting. Uh, and um, suffice to say, pretty, pretty damn exciting. Yeah, Chad knows everything, but like because uh, Chad always knows everything. There's no
0: way you can hold it for me.
1: But my life just got. Way crazier, and uh, is a he's is very significant. Uh, change in my life so I'm very excited to tell all of you what's going on so uh, I'll, I'll talk about my week now I'm so sorry like again I shouldn't have jumped the gun like I did uh, there are definitely some people in the discord that are kind of annoyed with me because they're just like <laughs> well it's been like three days Evan, like why did you make a post and you were like oh such cool things are happening like see you in a few days like I, I get it I'd be annoyed too if I was a fan of me and you're a fan of me
0: <laughs> hey but also there's a side of this to take like Evan was so excited about a new thing in his life that he really wanted to tell the people the community that was most important to him so like there's also a good uh, silver lining there as well
1: um but anyway i love all of you We'll talk really soon. I promise. Cool uh, <laughs> that was great. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, for me, yeah, I'm just about finished with Dark Age. Just I've got a ways to go with Wrath. Yeah, like we said, uh, we're getting about done with uh, Faithful and the Fallen. And I'm just excited to kind of wrap it up and move on to Skolomance. I yep. uh, get a little bit different things going on up in here. Yeah, um, that one book series that would have been better read fast. It's all good. We're, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll have an episode for Wrath out this week. And we should, I think we should have a Dark Age episode out this week too. I think uh, we should be able to crack both of those. I am also chewing my way through the Dragonlance uh, Chronicles. I'm almost done with uh, Dragons of Winter Night. Dragons of Winter Night, yeah, like a little little dark and uh, trippy. In a good way? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's cool for sure. Um, I really like the focus more on the characters and their relationships with each other. Dragons of Autumn Twilight felt a lot more kind of like a, just like a what's gonna happen next, like D&D campaign, you know?
0: Mm, like a questy sort of thing
1: and just kind of like yeah like uh like whoa like now we're over here whoa now we're over here like whoa and so now um with with this one it feels like uh, Margaret Weiss and Tra- Tracy Hickman kind of like settled a little bit more into the plot and the world and stuff and, and I'm really into it I'm almost done with it and then it's uh, Dragons of Spring Dawning and then uh, there is one called Dragon of Sum- Dragons of Summer Flame I think is what it's called but it was released like a while after this trilogy and I've heard it's like not very good so mm. there's like some contention on like whether or not you're supposed to read the fourth one I'm probably not going to I might move right into Dragon, Dragonland's Legends, though, which is Time of the Twins, War of the Twins, and Test of the Twins, I believe. Which is, I think, about like Raceland and Car- Caramon. And then also, there's like, I like looked into it. I did some research, and like, there's some other, there's like a whole trilogy that takes place like basically between Legends and Chronicles, or Chronicles and Legends, that like was written a little bit later. But I guess it's like pretty decent. Huh. And then there's like these prelude books that are written by different people. Like there's a book about like this character Riverwind and like how he found this staff that's like talked about the very beginning of the first book and stuff. And it's it's like, I didn't know that there were this many Dragonlance books. And like a lot of them, it's like... it's a bunch. It's cool though, because it's like... You know how like lord of the rings it's just kind of got all like this extended lore to it um but it's a little bit like cleaner you know because like more people are working on it it's like this more kind of like concerted effort to like fill these gaps in whereas with like tolkien he was just like between writing languages and kind of like traveling and doing his weird like tree hugging stuff that he was doing mm-hmm. like like literal tree hugging like which i'm Totally insupportive, obviously, but like uh, with Tolkien, I feel like it was just like a little spacier, almost like, I mean, it was very like, um, expansive. And with this, I feel like there's like this, um, with Dragonlance, it's like, okay, we're going to like insert a book here to explain this thing. We're going to insert a book here to explain this mm-hmm. thing. Um, but yeah, so there's like the war of the Lance, which I'm pretty sure is what I'm reading about right now. Um, and. Yeah, I just really like the characters. Dragonlance is really cool. I love like finding stuff that I'm just like, cool. Now I can open up the wiki and really geek out on this stuff. Like I'm, I, I really like it when that happens. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, and um, it's kind of happening with like One Piece as well. Like kind of like learning more about the, the lore and I like the, the Grand Line. And stuff.
0: Oh, you did? Cool. Yeah, the animated one. I forgot to tell you about it. Yeah, I liked it. it was,
1: yeah, it's really fun.
0: Yeah, it was uh, fun. I'll talk well, about it more, that, more next week.
1: That theme song though. Oh, oh, very oh, good. So good. So good. It's been stuck in my head for oh yeah. It's <laughs> dude, I love it so much. I hear I, you talking about
0: like I've listened to so many episodes and I still have yet to skip the theme I've song. And I was it, like, yeah. I love this. I can see why.
1: <clears throat> yeah, uh Dragon is going great. Um I'm still about I'm like about halfway through Secret History by Donna Tart um yeah like my reading was kind of like interrupted this week because like i was just in yeah. kind of like a weird like fugue state for the last few days so i'm back into it i haven't really been i didn't do i i started with nanowrimo like writing and i'm just kind of like i took a break from writing uh in like mid-october and i thought i was like ready to crack back into it but like i don't know i still was gonna want to take a break at stuff or at least take a break from like writing like every single day like a lot but i am still writing and um you know, just um, there's like a series that I'm working on right now that I'm kind of picking at. I outlined really heavily for the first book and I'm kind of just like slowly, like I, I, I'll like write a little bit and then I kind of like go back and read through and I'm like I'm like fleshing out characters and stuff and I'm really happy with it. Uh, it's really fun and it's a lot different than the other stuff that I've been working on. But um, yeah, like this, this week I definitely uh, worked a lot and um, just, kind of like, just kind of like sat and thought about a lot of stuff. Uh, just was stood a in shock for week. a while yeah kind of <laughs> uh and then uh i did uh, today uh, i'll have a video out like pretty like maybe today while you're listening to this it'll be uh it'll be up in a couple hours but uh, i went to a bookshop in portland called parallel worlds that uh, was a pretty small shop up in like northeast portland on the in, a, in the alberta neighborhood uh but it, it was cool because this bookshop is completely dedicated to sci-fi fantasy and horror and it's just one room and it is full from floor to ceiling with sci-fi and fantasy books. Um, And so I got the the Dragon Riders of Pern trilogy, uh, where I guess there's more books, but like I got the first three books uh, in amazing condition from the 70s for 15 bucks. Nice. They look so, so good. Uh, You love those old covers too. Yeah, I I think that's Michael Whelan. I read the first book like a while ago, like nine years ago or something. Uh, But I also grabbed the Bachman books. Which is, if you're listening right now and you're a big Stephen King fan, finding a copy of the Bachman books, the red cover, like that red mass market paperback, finding a copy of that in the wild is pretty rare. You know what's even more rare is finding a copy of that in the wild for $12, which I found, and there is a very expensive book. Dude, it's $150 used on eBay right now in not very good condition. Yeah, mine's not in great condition. I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, th- nothing's like- But now there's this one, or, and it's $150. Yeah, like, this, the spine is pretty wrinkled, um, that's for sure. But like, it's in pretty decent condition. And I saw it, it was $12, and I felt kind of bad because I kind of wanted to be like, hey, you know, you could sell this for like $100, right? But also I was like, you know, I could buy this for $12. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> so I bought it. Dude, he runs a bookstore. If there's anyone who should know. Well, that's what I should I, I
1: wanted to say is um, I think the owner's name is Sam. He wasn't there when I was in there, but I really want to go back and meet him because this man is a man after my own heart because the whole like top section of this store was first editions and autographed stuff. And wow. man, like some of the stuff that he had, I was like, I've literally never seen that. I, I haven't seen this at the last bookstore in Los Angeles. Like I haven't seen this at, in like some of the biggest, like uh, I haven't seen this in the rare book room at Powell's. You know what I mean? Like he had all of the first editions of all the uh, Book of the New Sun by Gene Wolfe. I've never seen those in hardcover in a set like that before. Uh, he had all of the uh, Hyperion, like all of Dan Simmons's uh, like hardcover really? Hyperion books. He had uh, Tigana by Guy Gabriel Kay like a first edition like hardcover which i've never seen out in the wild there was uh, he had both uh the first editions of name of the wind or excuse me name of the wind and wise man's Fear signed wow. uh like just like the stuff that he had in there was just like it's like dude where did you and um he had where the did um... he get that like there was like so many different editions of lord of the rings in there that were in, like perfect condition from like the 60s and 70s like those really crazy art styles for those mass market paperbacks that are like completely chewed up and lost the time now like he just had them sitting there for like you know it's like hundred <laughs> so some of it's like really expensive like it was i'm a straight collectors edition but like i'm down to spend money on books but like man sometimes it's just like i can't spend
0: $150 right. on like this Especially one you can think like of like it's... how many books I could buy for $150 I know, for, and
1: I've already like read it and stuff too but like it's like I don't know it's literally just a collector's thing to look at and be like oh, yeah
0: <laughs> which has a value
1: Man, it was such a cool store and I'll, I've got lots of pictures and um, I'm gonna put together a video for everybody and stuff uh, today if you're listening to this on Monday that it
0: should be out later today well that's how you give them back right you get the $12 book don't feel bad yeah. about it because you're promoting
1: the store I'll, I'll promote it yeah I'll get some people out there uh, sorry uh, Sam, if you're listening to this, uh, <laughs> I totally took your $12 book that you should have probably priced way higher, but it's fine. And I was actually surprised that those Dragon Rider books were as cheap as they were, because they're in like mint condition. Like I, I took them out of the like the box isn't in great condition, but like I took them out of the box and they're like. Brand new, like there's no, nobody even read them. There's no creases on wow. any of the spines or anything. And then there was also um, the first three books in Stephen Donaldson's uh, Chronicles of Thomas Covenant: The Unbeliever. I almost bought those, but they were a little more expensive, and I've heard like mm. kind of mixed things about them. So uh, if you're a fan of that series, let me know like what you think and like why I should read those because I might go back and buy them honestly because they look pretty cool. And um I don't know, Chad, have you ever heard of that series before? No, I don't think so. Uh, it, it was something like the, I think it's from like the '80s, late '70s, '80s. What's the name of the first book? Lord Fowl's Bane, I think. Boy, no, I don't think I have. I don't know. Who knows? Like, I thought Dragonlance was gonna be kind of dumb, and it turned out to be something you're really into it. awesome. So yeah. I think I might do a little bit of a retro revival next year. I don't know. I'm like kind of into this stuff.
0: Dude, I might follow your footsteps, man. I like there's a few series that are old that I really have been wanting to read. And like, I don't know. I think sometimes the covers scare me off a little because like you just think like, oh, okay, it's gonna be one of these, and then you read it and you're like, wow, this is like deep and real and yeah, dark and yeah. good and like a story of tr- triumphing over evil and just like some of them are really damn good there's also some stuff that's like <laughs> it's
1: really damn not good <laughs> maybe a little yeah like I mean like uh, like I tried reading like David Farland's like Rune Lords you know and I was just like this is what the hell is going on right now I know like that you read a few of like the yeah, and then, like, I know that you had read some of the like, Ellie um, yeah stuff, like the Saga of the Recluse. I've heard those are pretty cool, but there's just like, they're like 700 pages and like so long, and like there's so many of them. And
0: the first one's real good, too. And then, yeah.
1: There's, there's stuff like uh, Raymond Feist's uh, Rift War. I've heard, I've read the first one, but I didn't keep going with him. The first one was really they're cool. Good but then, like, there's like quite a few of those, you know, so there's like all of those. And then, uh, you know, you've got like obviously like Terry Brooks. Like, all of his stuff. And like, there's, like, other Tad Williams stuff, like all the other Land books. And um, I really want to check out, like, there's some Melanie Ron I've been meaning to read. Have you ever read Conan? Uh, no. Like the original actually. ones, they're, like, 120 no. pages long. Like, a I don't box for our children. Of those. They're like,
0: oh, they're great. They get a little samey after, like, the 14th one, but they're real good.
1: I always got Conan mixed with John Carter, which is so silly, because they're, like, completely hmm. different. But I did read some of, like, the Edgar Rice Burroughs, um, John Carter of Mars stuff. Okay. Uh, which is, like, or I think from around the same time. Um, maybe, I don't know. There's probably some time disparity there. But, yeah, I read um, some of that um, a while ago. And the the, Bar, the Barsoom stuff definitely holds up. It's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, like, there's just so much, man. Some stuff's just, I think I feel like we get kind of, like, uh, not, not lost, but I feel like we get a little focused, maybe, on, like, new releases. Mm-hmm. Um, which, this obviously, 90. like, I mean, support, Authors, authors of course like I mean I'm not saying don't but just remember like there's some stuff there's like some old stuff that like you know really yeah, really really holds up like there's um like a like the uh Tamara Pierce I've never read any of her stuff but apparently like all of it is really good and like this it's just so funny like going into a big a big bookstore and seeing like you know, like all the Farfit and Grey Mauser stuff and it's like, oh yeah, I forgot like Fritz Lieber wrote all these incredible sword and sorceries, or like Michael Moorcock, or you know, like there's just there's so, much. There's so much so and it's all it's not like it gets worse over time. No. They're the same. It's it's like I read two Jules Verne
0: books a couple months ago, like a month yeah. ago, and they were yeah. awesome.
1: I don't know. Maybe we'll do a retro read next year. I think that would do be, it. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, that's about it for me, everybody. Again, thank you for being patient with me. We'll, we'll all we'll all be stoked to hear cool news very soon. I also wanted to open a little book mail real quick because oh, uh, cool. I got some book mail. Is that cool with you? Oh, please. Yeah, no, no. Ah. Please do that. Cool. I have three packages here. Two of them are open because I forgot that we're doing this on, over the podcast. But I did so I did con- I did contain myself for one of them, though. So like I'm getting better uh sorry (laughs) i'm just so used to like like a like an animal it's hard man it's hard it's It's very hard hard because i want to know very hard i have this package here uh, and we're we're doing this on patreon for all of our listeners uh chad and i put up the video of us opening stuff on on patreon if you want to see
0: us our our faces gotta redo my hair here i didn't know i was gonna be on (laughs) oh you look
1: great (laughs) Uh, tour.com sent me the tusks of extinction by Ray Naylor Ray Naylor wrote the mountain in the sea which is a pretty awesome book uh, really cool like, kind of like speculative fiction this is a this is a novella uh, it says when you bring back a long extinct species there's more to success than the DNA uh, it's a tense eco thriller I uh, I'm sure it's pretty cool like,
0: I, I love a good novella and like the cover is really really cool oh that is really cool for anyone not looking at this it's like the two like mammoth tusks kind of
1: yeah that's really awesome okay so thank you very much to tour.com for sending me that my friend lottie belmont sent me this really cool looking self-pub horror book called oh cool M- monstrum and it sounds like it's like fantasy horror oh read the back for me says on the wild edges of the kingdom an old darkness stirs in castle ungaral as the shadows spread so too do the tragedies surrounding the castle it is up to the inhabitants an old nursemaid a snarky governess a mute boy an orphan girl and an orphan girl to figure out how to, and then there's like this big not-for-resale ban on it that I can't read the, <laughs> the rest of it. Beset on all sides by things they do not understand, the unlikely group becomes closer as they struggle against the whims of authority, both of kings and of powers much less human. That sounds pretty awesome. Like, the I cover's really is cool. Horror. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah, I'm kind of, this looks uh, this looks pretty cool. And I've been trying, you know, obviously, uh, you know, read as many indie books as you possibly can. Obviously, of um, but this is going on the yeah. shelf. Thank you so much, Lottie. I appreciate that so much. And then this is uh, this was sent to me by uh, Bert. Bert, uh, I don't know your last name, but I don't know if you want me to even say it. Bert. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> here's his address. If anybody was curious, yeah, <laughs> here's his um, phone
0: number, data. Of- social.
1: Bert sent me this through a, an Amazon locker because it was it
0: was not on my wish list, but he really wanted to send it to me anyway. I love that. When a listener gets so stoked that they're like, they yeah. have to read these. That's what happened with uh, uh, the chicken one. The uh oh, beware of chicken. Yeah, the totally. wear of chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so stoked. Man, man he wasn't wrong. I mean, oh, that was so fun.
1: Okay.
0: What was it? Oh, man. What is it? What is it?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. Oh, the Hobbit. Oh, my God. Ooh, that's so astro. Illustri- it's the illustrated. I'm oh. going to cry. Like, this is so <laughs> Dude, this is really. Book. It's so pretty. Oh, man, say that Bert. Bert, Bert, Bert. Thank you so much. God. Yeah, this Dude, is that's the, a beautiful uh, for anybody book. not listening. Yeah, like uh, there's a new Hobbit illustrated edition illustrated by the author. Very beautiful green cover here and um with blue sprayed edges with uh Dude, sprayed this looks edge. like mm. this is dwarvish it looks like kuzdal the language that the dwarves this is a uh,
0: dwarvish here
1: <laughs> i mean he, you he can tell nerd so, i know on, i know
0: i could tell too yeah it's totally dwarvish
1: wow look at that so it's got like this green dust jacket here with the blue sprayed edges pretty. and then the dust jacket up. comes off and then this is like the actual like hardcover. Oh God,
0: that's so oh, cool,
1: man! Wow, what a nice thing to send that's a to me, It has you. dwarvish on
0: like the sprayed blue edges of the side of it. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah,
1: damn, that is so cool. God, what an amazing gift! Thank you so much, seriously, bro. That's a that's very cool. There's like maps in here and stuff.
0: This is like Look the secret maps, map yeah. that shows the the moon runes. Ooh. God, say something about Tolkien, man. His map game is
1: on point. It's pretty cool, yeah. Uh damn. Thank you, Bird. That really means a lot. That's uh, that's very, very nice of you. Holy shit. Okay. Uh that is going to do it for the wrap up there for the um for the unwrap up. That was a hot ending. Whew. Yeah, I was unexpected. Almost that. made Evan really, cry really cool. in that. Man, so like yeah, I have now the Lord of the Rings illustrated edition, the Silmarillion illustrated edition, and wow. the Hobbit illustrated edition. All with sprayed edges. Very, very beautiful collection of books there. So um, dude, having I feel... an
0: illustrated Silmarillion is like Ooh. the nerdiest thing I've ever heard.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, it's a gorgeous book. That's gorgeous in the best of ways. Uh, Okay, so we're going to move on to the uh, Monday Morning Minute question, everyone. There is a Monday Morning Minute question uh, channel in the BRK podcast channel thing in the Discord. Uh, You can ask us anything you like, and we will probably answer it here on the podcast. So this one says, and I'm just kind of springing this on chat. He doesn't know about this, but um, so. Hit me, baby. uh, This is from Mina. So thank you, Mina, for asking this. This is uh, what life lesson slash lessons have you learned by reading fictional books? I think I've got some just off the top of my head. If you want me to talk while you think.
0: Sure. Though I do have an immediate knee jerk, but you can go first.
1: Okay. Uh, so, I mean, one of them, I just funny that I, this came up because I just quoted this on my threads page, but yeah, like Logan nine fingers quote, better to do a thing than to live with the fear of it uh, has, mm. has really served me in my life. Like a lot. Actually, I've thought that to myself. I've made that a mantra. Um, I really 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 resonate with that a lot it's one of the coolest lines in any fantasy book i've ever read Uh, not only because it works so well for the character and the world that joe abercrombie built but also because of how much it really i was how much i can really relate to it and i had never really thought about doing things i didn't want to do from that perspective of like man like i mean if you (laughs) like you're gonna be uncomfortable either way so you might as well get the discomfort over with and have the thing done then yep. like just stay uncomfortable because you didn't ever do it, you know? And like those, that kind of thing, like I've totally said that to myself like over and over again. So that's a, that's a huge, huge lesson that I've learned. Uh, another big lesson that I've learned um, is, I mean, mostly from, you know, reading these kind of like um, Joseph Campbell, like hero's journey type books of like, you know, um, like the monomyth, you know, of, uh, the, the reluctant protagonist leaving their comfort zone to go mm. uh, to make friends along the way and get get out of their comfort zone and, and go defeat the Dark Lord, whatever that may or may not be. Uh, I mean, what I've applied to my own life is this idea that you do have to leave your comfort zone to grow. Like it's, you, you, can't, you can't stay in one spot no matter how comfortable it is, um, you know, and you don't wanna tell yourself a story that you're lazy. You don't wanna tell yourself a story that you're afraid. Um, that's, that's not the real narrative, you know, like, uh, so, you know, whenever I felt like very anxious or very, like almost like agoraphobic, which I have dealt with a lot, um, you know, it's very hard. It's very, very difficult. I'm not saying everybody could just jump up and do it, but I have found that I usually feel better, whether it's depression or anxiety or whatever it's going on with you. I usually feel better if I get up and do something. Like if I get up and just even for like a few minutes, like whatever it is, creates emotion. Yeah. Like, like get up, get out of that comfort zone for just a little bit, like go do the thing and you can run back to your comfort zone. There's like the there and back again. This is not a years long process every single time. It can be a few minutes. You know what I mean? It can be like, I need to go check the mail, you know? And like, but I found that like adventuring outside of that little village, you know, that is that comfort zone. You know like putting in i've kind of like put it in terms of like fantasy books you know and the first time i ever felt like that was when i was like 22 or 23 and i was reading Wheel of time for the first time and like i was about to go on a on a long tour it was like one of the longest tours of my band had ever gone on and we were so poor leaving it was very ill-advised we like all quit our jobs and stuff it was ridiculous like i we shouldn't have left it was like, it was in like January. It was like, it was like the worst time of year to be doing it and stuff. <laughs> and so there, it was very stressful and I was really freaked out about it. But I had been reading Eye of the World and like, I really resonated with how reluctant Rand was and like, how like Rand was just like, I, I, I hate I don't this. don't want to do this. Like, I think this yeah, sucks. Like the, it's not even just like, you know, cause like Bilbo was like, I feel like with Bilbo. Very reluctant. It, he is, but then he kind of grows into it and he's like, ah, I love adventuring. Like, right, I love mountains and I love trees. <laughs> yeah. And, like, uh, it takes a little bit. But with Rand in Eye of the World, he is not stoked about this. Like, he, there is nothing fun about what's going on with this. You know what I mean? No. Like, he really is not in, into it. And um, I resonated so much with it because it was just like, man, I, I feel like I'm being kind of drug away from this, this like place of comfort and this place of like, uh, predictability almost, you know, like routine and doing something that is not only ending all of that, but also more dangerous than what I was doing before. Like I'm, I'm and now in a place of, of, of unpredictability and danger and stuff like that. But what really helped was like reading it and seeing that hero kind of like overcome those challenges and and grow through those experiences. So yeah, I think that there's so much, even just in the monomyth, uh, but then there's also obviously a lot of things in other books, but uh, that's a big one for me, for sure.
0: Yeah, I, it's funny you should say that like going out and doing things, because I have just, in the few minutes that we've been, you've been talking and I've been thinking about things. I was like, man, most of them relate to like, you can kind of boil down to what you said of like putting yourself out there. Like, like even, even a book, like, right. You'll never read it. You'll never finish a book if you don't open the book and read, you know, start. Sure. So it's like yeah. putting yourself out there, even if you failed and fail again and again and again, like don't ever stop. Keep doing it because the opposite of that is kind of to die a little and like i don't know i think that life is found in like the doing of those things certainly the adventure is like all the all the magical journey juices in the journey itself and if you never step out so like you know that and like fortune favors the bold like i think fortune favors like the person who puts themselves out there you know i think sun tzu has a quote that has he says like as opportunities are um are, are, are get, uh, taken op- more opportunities are presented so like the more you put yourself out there the more like you don't know what you don't know or like the good thing the opportunities that will come your way f- when you go out and see the first one and so when you have those opportunities see them because you don't even know the 20 doors that they might open for you in the future yeah. um and then yeah. yeah and so like you know so a-, a lot of like journey over destination sort of things of like you know just Really, don't ever let yourself think like, oh, man, it'll be so cool. Like when I'm accomplished this, when when I finished writing the book, like enjoy the process of writing the book, because that journey is where all of the book is. And it's just mm-hmm. the best. So, yeah, I really resonated when you said that. Uh, it's I think it's more generally speaking that by being allowed to see into the brains, not only just the authors who write the books, but the characters themselves, it's taught me a lot of empathy that I don't think that I would have without having seen those worldviews because, like you know, a lot of characters are very different and some of them think super differently than me. And it's just nice to see all of those because people are not like I used to think that people were very similar to each other. And the older I get, yeah. the more I think Could that be like
1: further from the truth. yeah, be it's...
0: further from the truth. Yeah, people are very different, and so it gives me a lot of empathy for other people Uh, and then i'll finish and i have a lot just like that i vomited down in the two minutes that you were talking here but uh for the sake of time i will wrap with this one the relationship between sam wise ganji and frodo was like like frodo's really not like the he's not the winner of that tale it's sam like sam gets him there and so i think that their relationship specifically allowed me cuz like i have a hard time talking about some of the harder things that you go through in life or just like being emotional uh, emotionally vulnerable with other people especially like the people that deserve it that like love me the most you know who would like probably speak very who would have some wisdom to give me in that whatever situation i'm going through and just opening myself up to allowing another person to help me because i'm a very much like i can do this all on my own sort of guy is a lesson that I've certainly learned from fantasy books and more specifically Sam and Frodo's relationship that I think has aided me quite a bit over the years.
1: Jeez, I really love that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like uh
1: don't hit me hard. There's so much to pick out of these books, everybody. Like don't ever let anybody tell you that there's nothing in here for you. Like and that you should be reading like Steinbeck and Shakespeare and everything else. Nah, man. Like, no 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 no. There's stuff in here. Like I my life is I mean uh, apart from other cool things that are happening like my life has been so improved by the things that i've read in books you know like absolutely uh, like um like ged in a wizard of earth sea finally turning around and hunting and and the hunter turn, uh, the hunted turned hunter you know like that is amazing like you know like you, you this 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 darkness has been conjured up and it's following you around and plaguing every every waking moment of your life and finally you turn around and say all right I'm done with this you know what I mean like right I figured that out through a, a fantasy book like that wasn't you know I'm not saying you don't need therapy or anything <laughs> get it if you need it. I'm not saying fantasy books will fix your entire life but like Man, I mean, there are definitely some real world struggles that I've had that haven't been one hundred percent alleviated by fantasy books, but would have been a lot harder without them. Would have been a lot harder without them. So that's so true. What a great Monday question! Really appreciate that, everybody. We appreciate you listening. Yeah, that was a too. really great question. I'm so glad that we uh, we get to do this every week. Me too. Such a so glad that we have so many people listening too but yeah we also have uh we have a patreon everybody please go check that out and we also have uh instagram pages and tiktok pages and a discord and if you have any trouble finding any of that stuff please let us know yeah that's gonna do it for us today everybody thank you so much for listening to the monday episode look out for episodes for dark age and for the last book and faithful in the fallen wrath and And king killer we'll be doing those oh yeah that is true because did you just finish did you finally finish uh Oh yeah, pues I guess I finished that okay. too this week. Cool. I was almost
0: done at the end of last week. But yeah, I finished that one as well. And I have like a whole bunch of notes on it. I went yeah, real deep. So I'm really yeah. excited.
1: Uh, so wow, we're doing that too. Wow. So we yes, have a we lot will. of stuff coming out this week, everybody. Uh, Skull of Mance is coming very soon. Next week, we're going to start Skull of Mance next week, actually. So finally, uh, we finished <laughs> Faithful of the Fallen, finally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Skull of Mance uh, will try to do Covenant of Steel. Don't know if we'll totally be able to squeeze that in. Uh, Binti, I still wanna Binti. I want to read Binti. There's a lot. Lots and lots of stuff going on. But everybody, again, thank you so much for being here for this episode. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.